0: All right, good evening. Welcome to Leave's Late Night. Uh just before we play our intro, I just wanted to uh spend a quick second just showing um solidarity solidarity and support with just everything that's going on um in Ukraine right now. It's just heartbreaking. I've been following for what seems like forever, but it's been uh oh, 24 hours straight now since everything happened. Um if you have uh family there or you're listening from there, I just I i'm sorry for everything that's going on and i i wish the best for everybody and that you can get in contact with people and yeah it's just it's awful what's happening and i hope that uh, we can resolve this um peacefully without more unnecessary lives lost because it has just been tragic what's going on but uh, as my dad ed says thank god for sports and with that let's talk about the leaf game
1: This is Leafs Late Night, your night
0: of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the Fanalist, and Southey. Alright, so, hockey, hockey, because we got to make an abrupt left turn into that. Um, Leafs win and break a losing streak that we have not seen since October, so that was nice. Uh, Roscoe, Fanalist, and the Beaner. As he has changed his name on our screen here, so I'm going to call him (laughs) Beaner. How's it going? Good.
1: Thanks for having me back.
0: Not a problem. Uh, We were going to be welcoming James from uh, Offside tonight, but unfortunately, uh, parenting calls. And uh, we understand that takes priority over podcasts talking about hockey. So uh, we'll have him back on uh, the next one, which I think is March 3rd for a Buffalo game. So postponed, but not canceled. Don't worry. Whoop, whoop. Whoa, whoa. <clears throat> uh so the story going into this game, uh I have to just uh, I spent between the last game and this game, I don't know about you guys, but just defending Jack Campbell on Twitter because all of a sudden everybody that was saying that he should get the Vesna is all of a sudden saying that we don't have a starting goaltender and we should get Freddy back, which is just <clears throat> Okay. Okay, I don't know where to start. The defense (laughs) has been awful since the break. This whole he's been bad for two months. They barely played in December. Don't give me this shit. You know better than that. Um, I just he's been an elite goaltender. He's had rough games. The defense has been terrible and we know he's emotional and he falls with everybody around him. So it's we have a giant opportunity with Muzzin going on LTIR and I really wish him a speedy recovery, but I hope he stays on LTIR regardless. Um, that multiple concussions in a row for him is just, it's scary. But regardless, there's a huge, huge, huge opportunity here to fix a bunch of problems in defense and keep Morazek who has just proven himself to be a great 1B and Campbell as the 1A. So I just want to say I'm tired of defending Jack Campbell. That's all I have to say
2: i think we all are at this point especially after every episode we've been saying jack campbell is nothing but elite and i still stand by my comment and Bean actually sent us the stats uh, yesterday or today and saying that within the last 65 games, he's 43, 13, and 7 with a 920 save percentage. Uh, the stats go even further into depth. Sorry, I'm kind of taking this away from you, Bean, but I really appreciate these stats right now because with Leaf's goalies over 65 games played, he's third best with save percentage behind Plant and Bauer. And then he's fifth best with goals against average behind Rollins, Shabbat, uh, Loomley, Hainsworth. And these are all Hall of Fame goaltenders. So please correct me if I'm wrong, Bean, because I know I took this from you. But thank you once again, because Jack Campbell is elite.
1: Yeah, no, no apologies needed. Um, you can even dig into it a little deeper, like goals saved above expected. Take a stab at how many goalies in the league have a better goal save above expected than Campbell this season.
0: Take no. a guess. Uh, one or two.
1: It It's six. Okay. But that's taking Huso out of the mix. He's only played 19 games. Oh, that that's not a big enough sample size. Fair. But we're we're talking Shusterkin. Mm-hmm. We're talking Markstrom. Anderson. Vasilevsky. Soros. Like these goalies that are playing out of their minds. It's not like we have Craig Anderson or Jordan Bennington. No. No right like he's still up there in the top part of the league every player has down spells doesn't matter what position you play
0: yeah and we all knew his numbers at the beginning of the year were maybe not unrealistic but they weren't going to sustain at like the crazy numbers they were at so this averages them out to what we should see him play at for the rest of the year which is like a 920 and what is it 246 goals against that seems to be about what he's going to be playing out for the rest of the year. And I think that's what we were always expected. Uh, and I think MLSE is really happy that he came back down to earth because he probably just saved them about two, two and a half million bucks. <laughs> yeah. Sh- shout out to the athletics player cards.
1: Campbell's uh, Campbell's given us a $7.1 million value right now. There you go
0: love it. There
2: you go. And you know the Leafs wouldn't sign him for a 7 million dollar type deal. So, we're hoping between the 4 and 5 range max, 5.5 5 max, max max, but yeah, um obviously there's going to be some bad games and this kind of works in our favor financially like you guys are saying. So, yeah, I'm not worried.
0: Yeah, and I think if you were the, I correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that that card kind of puts it is that If he was on a one-year deal for this year, it would be like a $7.1 million player, which, to Steph's point, as an extended deal over a couple years would look like 4 to $5 million. So I think that's what we can expect from a contract from him. Yep. Yeah. But hey, Leafs won. Let's talk about the game.
2: Leafs (laughs) won. First period
0: was boring as shit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not going to lie, when I saw Mirazik's name on the starting lineup tonight, I was a little... Because the last game Morazic played, he almost played like he was unplayable in a sense. Oh, yeah. I know the whole team was horrible from top to bottom, but damn, I was a little worried to no, start. No, he
0: was over committing. He was sliding like way too far on a bunch of those two of them he definitely should have had. So, um, yeah, I was surprised, but. I'm glad that they ran him back to get his confidence back. It's the same thing we've seen them do with Campbell when they have a rough game. It's not, Mm -hmm. okay, you're done for for a couple. It's like, no, you got to get back out there and play this off. Don't sit with it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, uh, tonight, the team were taking notes from the last couple of games because, like you said, it was kind of boring in the first couple of periods. But I was so happy about that and seeing those defensive plays kind of clicking and seeing that cache, JT, and Willie line, too. That was nice.
0: Yeah, it was. I uh, I tweeted out. Someone said this is a, a coach's game. I said Lou Lamorello is going to be showing uh, the Islanders this one for the next couple of weeks to take notes off of. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is his kind of game. Just no one scores until the opportunity is perfect, and then you lock it down, which is great because the Leafs don't usually play that way.
1: Yeah, and when, when it comes down to it, that's the style of play that normally is successful in playoffs. Right? Yeah. You can't typically you're not able to score your way out of your problems in the playoffs
0: yeah and i think that was kind of evident from the beginning of the game that this wasn't going to be that type of matchup because i mean we've seen the leafs get anywhere from 12 to 20 shots in the first period and they came out of this one with what four they didn't get one <laughs> till 11 minutes in like this was definitely going to be a we got to fight for a chance we got to really like get our system going set up get the puck moving Mm -hmm. and find those open chances and they did eventually but man even matthews commented
1: on that in the post game looking up halfway through the first and you have like (laughs) three shots
0: or not like just ridiculous yeah minnesota did block a bunch though They Mm -hmm. did,
2: and after that first commercial break, they actually took back a shot from the Leafs, so they had absolutely no shots until, like you said, uh, 9 or 11 minutes into the period. I was like, what is going on? But at the same time, I wasn't too worried because I was happy that the shots were similar on the opposite end, and exactly, um, like you said, tons of blocks, rarely any two-on-ones, three-on-twos, you know, those rush chances that's been happening for the Leafs lately, so it was nice to see.
0: Yeah, and uh, man, Lubushkin tied up Ericsson Eck in front of the Leafs net. A defenseman pushed somebody out from in front of the Leafs net who was standing there.
2: Yay. I, I was like,
0: oh, oh, I don't know where you learned this, but teach the rest. <laughs> yeah. Shades, shades of Hal Gill from a decade ago. Oh, Hal Gill. I loved him. He was great. But yeah, Labushkin just using his size and pushed Eric Snack just right. Like, no, you're not standing here waiting for a free goal. And we've seen a lot of the Leafs defenders just ignore that person or try to cut off a pass or, you know, try to position themselves. No, just get the body out of there because it's dangerous to have anyone that close unchecked in front of your goalie.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Uh, Lubushkin, I love that he's using his size. The one thing he has to watch, though, is his stick. Because last game he got away with a hooking call. Tonight he did not. Well, he held Fiala in the first period. but That was uh,
0: such a bullshit call.
2: uh, I know. I know. But, you know, I hate to see him in the box. And I hope he gets a more permanent role on that penalty kill. So... Yeah, that's not going to help his case, but other than that, he's been he's been looking great. Like this oh, guy yeah. is ooh, coming from Arizona Coyotes team too, like I'm I'm impressed.
1: Yeah. I'm a, I'm um, a little nervous, sorry Johnny. Um I'm a little nervous with how much he's trying to jump up in the rush. Like I know that's mm. that's the system the Leafs play. They tell all their guys to jump up. So like you can't just have one guy staying back cuz that's when the whole system fails. Yeah. But you can tell he's really new at it because his timing is not great. He didn't have the support in Arizona, so i I didn't watch a lot of Arizona games. I'm not gonna lie, but I grant it he probably didn't leave the red line. Like, <laughs> so it it's it to me. I know it's really early. I'm nitpicking here, but it's a little. Uh, stay in your lane a little bit right Mm -hmm. like yeah get get used to the system before
0: you're going up to the net like Sandine. and it's funny because the things i've liked about him are the things that he's doing outside of the system Mm -hmm. which is you know throwing a body tying people up and being in front of the net and being the stay-at-home defender so i don't know let him do that you you can still do a little bit of both but he i yet
1: again he's still getting used to the system he's just been there
0: yeah, I mean we've seen some of the other guys start to fall into that. I think Lilligren had a great offensive game tonight. Uh he's been really learning how to pinch in like that. And um, even behind the net he's been great. So um yeah, some of mm-hmm. them are really learning. So I think he'll fall into that too.
2: Yeah. Another thing about Lubushkin <clears throat> I noticed is that he's getting majority of his shifts with the first line as well. So I'm I was surprised to see that Keith trusted him enough to just put him out there and like he just kinda with the wolves to learn it all and it's it's working like you said, Bean. He's a little slow and needs to work out those timings a little, but that's the gameplay of the Leafs. Uh, the D has to get on there. The Riley's constantly pinching, he's constantly moving the puck, so yeah. Excited I'm,
1: about it. I'm one, I'm wondering if he's been out there a lot with the first line because of the fact that the fir- like the Matthews line is never going to be is not typically playing against a high offensive line. They're playing against a defensive line that's going to be shutting them down. Plus, that line is so puck possession heavy; mm-hmm. it gives it gives the Russian bear a lot of time to, like you know, acclimatize to the team, to the way they play, to basically sit there on the blue line and watch as the team's going to pass it around without having a lot of high danger chances against.
0: It could just—I could be wrong, but that's kind of how it looks to me. No, that's a good point. Uh, just before I forget, on the note of getting another gift from Arizona um i had to start this game watching the stream from minnesota because man i don't know if anybody else is streaming these games but it's just been so hard to get one going it's like the very last second before the puck drops they finally go up and then i had mine shut down after the first period i had to switch anyway so first period i had the american feed and i just want to read out i wrote down a couple positive notes that they had just in the first period about the leaves because this is always interesting to me um so Riley touches the puck for the first time in the game. Uh, All right. So Morgan Riley with the puck, one of the highest scoring defensemen in the league Uh, at seventh. So just immediately they're like, yeah, he's, he's great defenseman. One of the best in the league. Uh, Then goes Mm -hmm. to Tavares. This is what I thought was interesting. So all of Toronto media and fans are just like, what's going on with JT? Why can't he score? Blah, blah, blah. Touches it. And veteran center, John Tavares with the puck, who has seven assists in his last eight games. And that's all they have to say about him. Wow. Night and fucking day. Are you kidding me? I was just going to
2: say that. Night and day. Wow.
0: Leafs go on the power play. Dangerous, effective power play here. Anybody on this line can score. They can all switch roles around. Minnesota's going to be on their heels. And to close it off, Michael Bunting gets the puck. And wow, Arizona must be wishing they had that back. The highest scoring rookie in the league, Michael Bunting, is just on a roll lately. This is all in one period. From the Minnesota feed. This is the away team they're talking about. Why does Canadian sports media suck? (laughs) (laughs) Why are we so mean?
2: (laughs) For the same reason that all of our videos get the most views. Or (laughs) when the Leafs lose and Steve Dangle loses his mind. You know? Mm. It's just one of those things where they love to watch pain. So why not inflict it even more?
0: Yeah. OK, so before we touch on the goals that came in the second period, um, <clears throat> the officiating was so bad tonight and everybody was vocal about it. The fans were booing. Twitter was booing. Oh, my God. So there was the one on Lubushkin. There was the one on Sandine who was just he just existed and yeah. got a penalty. <laughs> um, I don't know what that one was about. And uh, they missed a couple calls. And there was the one um, there was the first penalty the Leafs took. That was absolutely... I forget who it was on, but it was absolutely brutal. Camp. and Camp, yeah. And then uh, it was just worse on from there. So,
2: I'll tell man. you why. It's because Brad Meyer was on the ice tonight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, my theory was that because the game was at 0-0 and there were no shots, they were just trying to get something going because the other side of game management is like, we want things to be exciting. So... I think they were just looking for something to call to get something going because zero zero is boring. It's not good for views. People change channel.
2: Did you guys see when Ingval uh, and Zuccarello were lining up at the face-off there to the side? Ingval uh, <laughs> just looking like a complete monstrous giraffe beside <laughs> Zuccarello. <laughs> and then he pushes him a little and then Zuccarello tries to trip him and the puck hasn't even dropped yet. And I'm just like, oh, here we go. Here we go, because we were just talking about Involved, you know getting a little more physical and it it descended after that but that little shove it, yeah
0: <laughs> yeah well i think it was smart in the moment to not potentially take a roughing call because if they weren't going to call zuccarello mm-hmm. for what he did and then you retaliate they'll probably call you for that and when you're in that position you don't want to be the one that blew the lead so i yeah. i, I kind of i contextually i like it but i do get what you mean it, it would be nice to see some some grit from the uh from the giraffe
2: But overall, we came into this game thinking this is going to be such a hard-hitting game and the Leafs are going to go down in this spiral again. And after watching tonight, I was kind of like, that wasn't the case whatsoever.
0: No, it was great. Um, Once they got the lead, they held on to it. And uh, we'll start with the goals here. So unfortunately, Minnesota opened it up. My stream was so far behind, I got... It was late enough that I got, like, the TSN notification that, like, the goal had happened before I saw it. <laughs> and then I went on in Twitter and everyone's like, oh, Poppy. I'm like, wait, it's tied now? Okay, I got to get a new stream going. <laughs> yeah. That was bad. So, uh, remind me who scored for Minnesota because I don't even have it down. Sorry. Goudreau. Oh, Goudreau, right.
2: Yeah, I had a feeling it was going to go in, you know. Uh, Mrazic seemed a little too locked against both of the posts and a little stiff. So Boldy behind the net, all the patience in the world just waits for the perfect moment. So Gaudreau has the the one timer and straight in and it was beauty, but Matthews literally answering 20 seconds, seven seconds later,
0: which get the game going keeps happening every game. Whether it's the Leafs getting scored on 20 seconds after, or the Leafs answering 20 seconds after, I feel like we've done this so many times in the last week and a half. Yeah, Matt, a broken it, record.
1: Um, Goudreau's goal was actually, if you slow it down and look at it closer, it was actually kind of Matthews' fault. Uh-oh. Because yeah. that was Matthews' man out front.
2: He was pissed and after.
1: Could, yeah, you could see his reaction. He was like, no, nah, I'm not coming off the ice. You're leaving me on here, and I'm going to fix this.
2: And he well, did.
0: good on him with a beauty shot. Just skates right through, fires it from his favorite little circle spot there. Just a how, bullet. How, how, like, How many
1: players i'm not even talking right now how many players in your entire history of watching hockey not just on leafs any team has been able to skate in at the top of the circle with a defender right there no wind up and just blow it by a goalie like it's not like he wound up for a big you know one-timer like sundin with his 500th goal against kipper in overtime (laughs) right like nothing i'm thinking like yeah, but no, Ovi's got the one time. That's Ovi's well, not yeah. Really... When you said
0: the one time, I was like, well, not really Ovi, but I mean, like, I don't m- know. M- maybe Kessel. Stamkos had the one time or two. Yeah, like Kessel and Line a, Line a are the only two that kind of come to mind as people to play that way. But Kessel and Line a also have a reputation of being lazy bums. So,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <I> <laughs> fortunately, maybe, we get the one who's not. Maybe like a a Sackic from the early
0: thousands. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think he it's had
0: a rocket wrist shot.
2: I think it's really easy to argue that Matthews has the most deceptive shot in the league. I don't know for how many years going back, because Johnny, you even said that his wrist shot alone is like ninety-three miles per hour or whatever it was, and you just don't see it coming because Matthews literally danced through the neutral zone through. How many players and just gave Hartman a spin pretty much and right past the glove of and like they did not see that coming whatsoever. He barely lifted his stick off the ice, you know, so.
0: Yeah, most of player. these highlight real goals you see are players going right to the net and deking the goalie completely out so that they have a wide open net to just tap it in.
1: Matthews mm-hmm.
0: can score like 10 feet farther away than that like it's just it saves him so much time and nobody else is able to do this and i don't think he gets the credit because it's always a shot but it's like Mm -hmm. oh this you know this person deked out this goalie or this person did that it's like look at how many times he just walks in and fires it and you like nobody can even see it it's just in the back of the even on the replay you can't see the puck Mm -hmm. it's a laser yeah
1: and he, like he can let his shot off. If you you can break it down even more, he can let his shot off in a typical way, leaning on the stick, getting his weight on it. He can do it off balance when he's you know doing a crossover with his skates, trying to get by a guy and just let a shot go, and he still beats guys. It's yeah ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like <sighs> he
2: has uh, magical strings because this guy doesn't seem to ever fall. You know, it's like someone just lifts him right back up to his feet. Whoop, and he just keeps on going. So.
0: No, and his two-way play has just been amazing. So to get to the second goal here, he absolutely pickpockets the Wild, throws it over to Marner, Marner throws it back to him. It's like they they have the timing down where you'd think they're the Sedin twins. Like they can just <laughs> they know exactly where and when to place the puck, and that's that's what comes with playing with the same player for that long. That comes with playing with the same player for that long. Wow, that was weirdly hard to get out. I need a drink. <laughs>
1: Did you see the rookie on the bench too, Duhame, who he stole it from? He was almost in tears. Yes. After that goal.
2: Yes. Oh, poor guy. Um, and the the beautiful part about this, I know Matthews pretty much forced the guy in the corner to shoot it up to Duhame, and he stripped him, but... The hard part about that was keeping the puck onside and making sure that bunting didn't make the play offside and just like looking around and seeing where everyone was and actually just going for it the second it clicked like, okay, let's do this. And then Marner kind of like a bumper and then straight to the net. Nice tip in. Perfect shot. So, yeah, beauty. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And that was the game winner. I mean, Kerfoot sealed it with the empty net, but. Uh that did it. 3-1. Leafs were able to hold on to a lead, which is nice. Uh Michael Bunting was a rat tonight. I love it. Yeah. I have three more of him. Can we just make the fourth line just all Michael Buntings and then have another one just stay on the first line?
2: I was really liking the Simmons JT Nylander a uh, couple shifts at the end of the game there. Uh I saw that. Yeah, Simmons threw a huge hit. Uh I think it was 8 minutes left in the third period and you can tell they're trying to generate some offense because, you know, JT needs to sink one soon. But yeah, that was really nice to see. And as well as Kashi really working it, because when Marner was out earlier in the year, Cashy really stepped up to that first line, the first PP and like brought it to the team every single night. And I think Keith is being very smart by putting him on that second line and trying to give them a little bit of a boost because even Kerfoot on that third line tonight, he was flying. So it seemed to work out for the better.
1: I think when you drop Kerfoot down, like I've, you guys know I've been raving about him, right? The smart Harvard boy. He's the Swiss one. He's basically like um, Angball. He's the Swiss army knife. He can do anything no matter where you put him. Is it just me or when he's not on a first or second line, when he's down on the third or fourth? Does he just like flick a switch and goes, you know what? I'm going to be a little bit of a dick tonight.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he completely is a role filler. He knows exactly Mm -hmm. what his role on each line is and he knows how to do it. Like it's, it's whether it's support like, uh, like Bunting does, but for JT and Willie or, you know, like you said, he can crash and bang. It's great. His play in the corners and along the boards. Fantastic.
2: Yeah, and he's fast, like beating out that icing play and then making the opportunity for the empty netter. I'm glad he scored it, but the thing that pissed me off the most was Zuccarello tripping him after. And the the puck was already in the net. It's a dead play. Come on, man. Like, you can get fined for that. So
0: You see Kerfie's crazy eyes after it too? (laughs) The the look that he gave him. Oh, man. Oh, he might get fined for it, honestly. That's unsportsmanlike.
2: Yeah. But Matthew, 77 goals in the last 100 games played. What a time to be a Leafs fan. What can oh, we say again and again and again? And Mrazik, second star of the night. He actually posted oh, a beauty. 967. So that will really help his numbers.
0: Yeah, he served up a nice nice pizza off a save. Oh, Morazic was fantastic. He had so many great saves. But that uh, that pigeon noise means we've got some messages from Twitter because we are going a little long in the game um so just first one not a question but i'm going to do it quick uh from at vv coach rico 01 beauty game tonight peter dialed in now we get jack on track and have both these goalies ready for playoff hockey first line magic and the man that sees the ice better than anyone in the league over kerf and empty net love it yep agreed love it great game everybody was dialed in Peter, especially, he made some fantastic saves. Regardless of letting a couple awful rebounds go, he uh, managed to save those as well. That yeah. one that went straight right out in front of the net Ugh. was so scary. No. Off I thought the that was, the, I thought that was the tie game right there. Me too. That was a hot and ready pizza. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> hot and
2: ready. Two for one.
1: Um, thought uh, he was thought he was still playing for the Red Wings.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little Caesars.
1: Yep. I didn't know if you guys were going to get that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's the offer. the Little
0: Caesars that, Arena. Good one. That too. Uh, <laughs> Ken 27, Killaconda at Kilgore Ken. Uh, why do only fir- the first line players score lately? Ken, I'm going to quote one of your own friends here, Steve LaRouche. Ken, the win, enjoy it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Ken. We're going to take this win and move on forward because we saw our Leafs take our notes and yeah. And like you guys said, before we started recording, didn't uh, the draft score and Spez score. So it's, it's yeah. coming from all over.
0: And like I said, it's either why isn't the 40 million scoring all the goals or why is only the 40 million scoring all the goals? So yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the one question I will take from you, Ken is uh, where's Willie? I don't know what's going on here. Those two are off. And Kasha didn't really help like they had a couple chances, but still it's the same. They're not getting anything decent. They're not getting where they need to be to score. They were talking about on the broadcast where JT scores all his, uh, his goals from in that inner slot there, and he hasn't been able to get anything from there.
2: Mm hmm yeah I I hope they keep him though on that second line give him another opportunity for Kashe because I did see a couple good plays and an interception which led to a very good chance for Willie but there's also the problem of missing the net he needs to hit the net more often and maybe the pucks will start going in
0: hopefully it's uh it's only a matter of time like it's it's a puck luck thing like we always say they can't keep shooting this much and not score because it's not what their shooting percentages are they can't shoot like a one percent because that's next to impossible and like mm-hmm. the minnesota broadcast said jt has seven assists in eight games so laugh the cast Assist tonight too yeah see like and nobody talks about it
2: yeah and willie with the same amount of shots as matthews for tonight nice yeah
0: uh, another question from Simon Nomus. Uh, how many pieces? This was a bit of a, a more complicated, long-winded question. Involves some thought.
2: Be prepared, Beaner.
0: <laughs> how many pieces do you think the Leafs are away from making an honest push in the playoffs? I say two wingers and one or two defensemen. Uh, I think a second line winger and then three, four gritty energy guy like Connor Brown type. Then on D, I'd like to pick up Luke Shen or vet gritty D like that. And maybe a similar one with a bit more skill. Um, first on the D thing, I think Lubushkin kind of answers the one of the two. And then I think you have to use the 5.6 from Muzzin to replace Muzzin. I don't think that should go. It's one of those things where like, you know, you get money from something, but it's supposed to go to something specific. So you just don't count it as part of your bank account. Don't count Muzzin's 5.6 as like free reign money. Count that as Mm -hmm. like you need to replace a defenseman because you just lost one of your top four, not your seventh defender absolutely i i could see labushkin as a a hall
1: replacement but not i'd i'd love to be
0: wrong but
1: i don't see him as a muzzin
0: replacement exactly that's about what i see too and it's funny that um i think they might have mentioned this in the dangle podcast but it's like as soon as muzzin goes down they just go hall you're done like without him you're not playing because (laughs) you're useless without him and that's it. As and Muzzin's on LTIR, which means Hall's probably moving because that two million dollars is very valuable. Like we uh, were saying, his value's what four point five million from his <laughs> uh, prospect card there from the Athletic because he's a right-handed defenseman. So I think uh, I think they can get a lot for Hall, maybe not a ton, but more than people would expect because he is a right-handed D. Him and Derman I'm not gonna be lie, I path. I actually messaged Dom. Um,
1: to ask how hall got such a high value but <laughs> that that might be just me being
0: a, a jadedly fan but no i honestly just think it's the right-handed thing because if you look at like all the contracts these guys got that were north of eight nine million they're not like they're guys that should if they were left-handed defensemen make like seven it just it, it adds that value
2: that's like Rowinski we saw the other game he just got paid over nine mil a season and we totally did not see that coming especially since Seth Jones had that pp1 quarterbacking position and Seth Jones was you know that number one guy and everyone just got paid so people yeah. are gonna want to continue to get paid going into the off season this year and it's so if Riley
0: was say. a was a right side d he would be making the same it's just that's unfortunately there's slim pickens on right-handed D in this league which is just weird to me it's like the only thing in the world where left-handed people dominate
1: <laughs> well yeah. it's the same way with with centers too right you're a, a right-handed centerman is a lot of times a lot more valuable because different face-off angles different Fair. angles to the net right like it it does we've come to the point in hockey where that is playing a big factor in it it's not just the best player it's hey these two guys are you know Within 10 points of each other skill wise, but this guy's a right-handed shot and this guy's a left while well, 16 of my other 18 players are left-handed. So I'm going to take this right-handed. Definitely.
2: Fair? Definitely. Uh thought positioning, especially on a power play, for example, just kind of like how Mikhaev and I was saying the other episode, how he's not ready to in, like take that one-time pass because it's either on his opposite hand or he's just not positionally ready. And it so matters. I can't remember the coach um, thinking of, but there's a coach out there that prefers like four out of five guys on the power play to be all left or right-handed. I have to look that one up, but huh. Yeah.
0: Also, we forgot to mention, Mikhaev left the game uh, with a non-COVID-related illness. He was not traded, to my duping on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fell for that one. But that you was my punked. first guess. Like, I mean, in this trade climate, when somebody leaves a game and it's n- they didn't get hurt or anything, all you can think is, did, the- did Mikhaev just get traded? Like, mid-game? <laughs>
2: We know it's possible. Yeah, it is. Didn't, <laughs>
0: that, didn't that happen to like Mike Camilleri when he was with Montreal or something like that? I was going to say <laughs> I remember it happening somewhat recently. Like yes. I recall, someone was traded mid-game.
2: Who was that? maybe, because...
0: maybe the soup was cold,
2: <laughs> or the soup was super spicy because he had to <laughs> sit on the toilet or something. <laughs> but
0: to, to be a hundred percent, I mean, just to kind of get real for a sec, it—I have no information on this i'm just making a a a guess it might have something to do with he has family that's in the middle of what's going on over there or just emotionally just was not able to you know focus on hockey with what's going on in his home country so it could have something to do Mm -hmm. with that for all we know might not be it because they said non COVID illness that's a pretty easy cover for absolutely anything so who knows uh but hope he's okay
2: so the guy that got traded recently during a game was Matt Duchesne, but this was 2017. I'm just looking it up okay. now. yeah, um, no, that,
0: that sounds about right. I thought I, there I, was someone I didn't think recently. it was that recently, but.
2: I thought it was like last year or something, but maybe Man,
0: not. time, time. You know what I was what reminded is of is um, December of like the year, like not, the, what was it? The year that was shortened. Mike Babcock was still the coach like
2: yeah mm. so weird to think about
0: i guess it hasn't been that long since keith took over and it feels like he has been a coach for like five years now and he hasn't done a full season
2: yeah i don't even know how old i am anymore it's just years just go by and i'm like "Mm." Uh,
0: so uh sorry simon's question so the on the forward part of that (laughs) i know we podcast tangents (laughs) right what am i (laughs) never um so on the forward topic um I think the goal that most people have come to is like a, a sniper scoring type winger and then a, a grinding winger. Um, I I think scoring is not an issue on this team. I don't know why we need that. Like everyone, um, the name that comes up is Jared McCann. That's just, um, I don't know, what do you call it when you lose something and you want it back?
2: <laughs> you can't have your cake and eat it too.
0: That's yeah exactly <laughs> i mean i get it i would have rather had jared mccann and justin hall but that's just the way that the expansion draft worked out and justin hall in the playoffs last year was great and justin hall this year is mm-hmm. not and jared mccann is better than he was expected to be so well even all, even the last all. two years like last year and the year before hall
1: actually played really well against certain high-end players like yeah. he for some reason mcdavid couldn't solve him
0: yeah yeah And I remember watching the uh, All or Nothing documentary. He and Muzzin were really clicking like on and off the ice and they're having a great time. And last season, he was great. I don't know what it is this year. If it has something to do with Muzzin being off as well and like maybe they're not friends anymore. Maybe they're not golfing anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't invite him over to chip in the backyard. (laughs) Who knows?
2: If they move Hall and Kerfoot, that adds another 5.5 to play with. So it's definitely... All of a sudden, a the Capstrap team
0: has a 11 million at the deadline.
2: Yeah, exactly. Over 11 million to play with at that point. So uh, it's so hard. Like, I feel like it's going to be a random. It's not going to be JT Miller. It's going to be a random name. But like I said last show, it, it kind of has to be. Like, JT Miller is going to be way too expensive in, for the yep. future.
0: Same um, with Philip Forsberg, whose name's now out there apparently as of tonight.
2: What's with these yep. teams getting rid of their best players?
0: So, if if you look at,
1: yeah, and if you look at um, Vancouver's situation, like Boudreaux's already come out and said, well, I guess if we're trading him for McDavid, I'll trade him. But, like, (laughs) it it, it depends (laughs) on the team. Nashville, yes, you don't want to get rid of your best player. But really, are you going to be good enough in the next five, six years to warrant signing him to a massive eight year, whatever, nine, $10 million a year deal. Nashville's not that team. Some of the moves they did in the offseason, dumping Ellis and that, and Arvidsson or,
0: yeah, yep. it was Arvidsson that went to yeah, LA, LA right? Yeah.
1: Um, those kind of had the the hint of maybe money dumping. Mm. Maybe he got word from the ownership, like, hey, we've been losing money. I know there's a salary cap, but you're not spending to it. You got to shed some, some money.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's like we were talking about last time with Nashville. They they went for that push, and everyone thought they were going to be sellers. Then they they made that comeback and went for the playoffs. After all, like they're kind of a fringe playoff team. They've never made that real push past the first or second round. And I mean, Steph, really, if Phil Forsberg was the best player on the Leafs, like, would you be confident in them making a run through the playoffs this year? <laughs> <laughs> like if we're talking about adding him as a depth player like that's that's what we're saying is like if teams get themselves into these positions where they've handed out too many contracts to guys expecting the cap to go up and where we're at right now you know it just it didn't work out how they thought they're stuck yeah and now like we see with minnesota where they had to buy out parise and Suter, and now they're screwed for three years
2: yeah I know, and I don't know, I just can't see them getting rid of Philip F- Forsberg. He has forty-four points, thirty-eight games. I mean, he is a They're shopping. Fan- People love to have this guy in fantasy because he does it all just like JT Miller, right? So yep.
1: But at, at the same point, hockey is so old school and so loyal that it actually becomes like a detriment to the team that the player's on. Yeah. Like if, if you trade Forsberg now, well, you still can you can get quite a haul for him yeah if you re-sign him and keep him say two three years down the road okay if you're still not a contender you can trade him then. you're not going to get near as much for him
0: no because you've given him the big deal and now everyone's seen that exactly. it didn't work out how you thought it would let somebody else do that
2: yeah. you know mm-hmm. he uh, makes six mil a year right now so he's mm-hmm. he i think he'll sign for around eight and a half nine i don't
1: know he's going up so how old is he eight eight and a half somewhere in there i think he's 30 29
0: 30
2: he is um 27
0: oh Oh. yeah damn that's good then i mean what he's done at the end of this year i'm assuming so that's one that i don't hate because the thing about like if they'll retain salary on that easy because he's up at the end of the year um, I think that's a nice one for the Leafs to add in. Like I again, I don't think they need a forward, but Philip Forsberg's a nice name. I I, I think the price would be absolutely insane, especially for a team that's trying to rebuild. Because that's the thing, is if you're trying to get anybody from these teams that suck, they don't just want picks, they want the entire future. And uh I mean, I know we've got Matthews and Marner for now, but they're not gonna be around forever. And we gotta be able to fill them with fill around them with people that are on league min contracts, and that's gonna come from within. So I think Mm -hmm. that's where the current upgrade has to come from. And I've kept saying that, so I'm just going to keep saying that.
1: So so to answer the question for me, I think we're uh, a muzzin replacement away. I don't think we're multiple forwards and defensemen. Yes, they'll add multiple players because Dubas does every year. He'll find a piece here and there that he needs. um, And I wouldn't mind another reliable, not necessarily gritty, but not a sniper, like kind of a, 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 another utility player basically that you can throw in or out of the lineup, say, you know, rest Simmons for a game or rest Spezza for a game or whoever, right? Just to add that extra depth there in case of an injury, in case someone's having an off game. Cause I, I don't think Clifford's it. No offense to Clifford.
0: No, but yeah, just He's not up not to it. par, unfortunately. No, I think okay. uh, if, if Hosang or Robertson were a little farther along, I think that would be the answer, but I, I don't know if we're there yet. We'll see. Mm hmm. Yep.
2: Yeah, I think one, two pieces max, just because we recently acquired Labushkin. Otherwise, I would definitely say three or four. But I think one to two max because I also believe in this forward group. I think Dubis is going to be going out and getting a cheaper guy, like you said, Johnny. Um, for example, a guy like just because we face the Wild, such a good contract. I spoke about him last time we we faced the Wild. Hartman, he only makes a one point seven mil a year until oh, wow. twenty three, twenty four. He's the first line center. He's on PP one, and he has thirty seven points. He's a plus twenty nine, and he wow. yeah he they got a steal out of this guy after no having a kind of eh, start to his NHL career. So I I'm hoping we get another Bunting type player, and he kind of breaks through like our Bunting has, and how I have Hartman one for you.
0: Well, just before you do the, the only thing I'll say about a forward before I let Bingo is we had one and it was Ryan Dezingle and they waived him. So like Mm -hmm. we got one in a trade and they clearly had no interest in making room in the lineup to add somebody like that in. Mm -hmm. So I I just don't see. And that's kind of the the level like we're talking about is like somebody that's power play useful and can play in the top six and different roles and things. And I, I just, I don't think they're interested in doing it. I I have no
1: idea why his name's being floated out there unless they're trying to completely blow up the team. But I keep hearing Brandon Hagel. Me too. Really?
2: Me too. I would
1: love to
0: get Brandon Hagel from Chicago. I was just like, okay, so we've heard Brandon Hagel. We've heard like even Connor or um, not Connor Brown, um, Connor Murphy's name come up and they signed him to an extension. Like, are they just blowing the whole thing up? Like you said, like, what's happening? I think they they might be. because there's only
1: basically i think it's only kane De and taves whose names i haven't heard
0: floated out of chicago yeah like DeHaan. man it seems and it's weird that they're keeping kane and taves because it seems like they tried to put 2.0 around them and it didn't work out and so what they're gonna shed all the pieces around them and try a new thing around like get move on from kane and taves guys Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Hagel only makes 1.5 a year, and he signed till 23, 24. So Oi, this would be doable.
1: Yeah, he he would be to me, uh, it, unless you're willing to sell the farm and bring in a Miller type, because he is a forward who can play in the top six, who can be a prick. He can hit you <laughs> through the walls. He can like, he can do everything you want him to do. He can be the the leaf player that Leaf fans have wanted since Clark left, right? Like, not that he's going to fight everyone, but he's going to smack you around. He's going to score, and he's effective. He's very effective. If you're not going to get him, which to me is your number one forward trade target, if you're going to go for it, then Hagel would be an incredible pickup.
0: Agreed. I, But the thing that I keep coming back to with it is I, I trust in Dubas to find the piece that they need labushkin was on nobody's radar so mm-hmm. whoever he picks is going to be no one anyone has talked about yet <laughs> i've been
1: i've been calling that for weeks that he's going to go off the books and yeah just pick someone none of us are talking about
0: another so one, uh, we can talk about it to the end of time but it's it's not going to be yeah. anybody we've talked about
2: connect, me. connect me is another one that's recent
0: well, I mean, if we spend long enough on it, I'm sure we'll mention every name and one of them will be the person he gets. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, let's move on for our last 15 minutes here. we'll run through our little discussions. Um, level of concern out of 10 regarding Jack's play for the rest of the season. Bean, what do you think? Level
1: of concern. I'm honestly, I'm going to go with four, four out of 10. Okay. One being no concern, obviously, and yep. 10 being alarm bells. Um, this might be me trying to be an eternal optimist here, but everyone goes through stretches. You know, we've, we've seen tons and tons of goalies come in and out of Leafs Nation and do a lot worse than what Jack has done. He has done nothing but consistently prove himself. Both in the locker room, in the community, on the ice, a- a- everything he has been—you, you can't ask for better than what he's given you. Not only for what you paid and what you're paying him, but for what you're expecting of him. So I'm, I'm going to say four. He's, he's going to bounce back. He's not. He's. I, I don't think he's going to win the Vesna. Not with everything that's gone on in the season. But I'm, I'm not overly concerned. It's just a blip.
0: Steph.
2: It was hard out of 10, you know, a uh, large range. So I cut it down to five in my head, gave it a two and it equals a four as well for doing it out of 10. So you're literally in my mind as well being um, I obviously have some sort of concern just because we had a taste of the chis- Swiss cheese soup and it didn't taste that that good. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm not going to order that again. That's for sure. But yeah, like with the Leafs, just as a Leafs fan too, you have that constant anxiety and there's doubts in your mind and it's just how you are. So I'm not at a three where, you know, I'm at 70%, 80%. No, it has to be a two and no more than that.
0: Sorry, a four or a two?
2: So it would be four out of 10 or a two out of five.
0: Okay, so you're a four. Yeah. A seven out of 10 okay <laughs> sorry sorry okay. i'm
2: i'm confusing myself now yeah fractions
0: um, i'm a little i mean we're all homer optimists, but i'm a little more of one than you guys i uh, i think that the problems have been more on the defense than on jack and uh they've decided to bench Hall, hopefully hopefully indefinitely hope hope but blah blah blah, blah 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 english <laughs> um so hopefully we don't see hall anymore and um we replaced Muzzin with another big name. labushkin has been great. I think he's only going to get better once he settles in and then come playoff time we get Muzzin plus whoever we've replaced him with. mrazic has been a good backup. I think Jack will be fine. I'm not concerned about him like blowing, you know, f- what how bad could he possibly be that the team loses like 5 games in a row. You know what I mean? Like for them to collapse forward and defensively that he alone loses games for them it's going to be pretty tough so i'm i'm not concerned i'm going with like a two out of ten i'm i'm fine
2: i think yeah. if he continues this streak or well Morazic won tonight but if another streak starts for campbell and because it's still february end of february he will be in the talks again for the vesna if he goes on uh, this hot hot show, well there's a lot of games every week and we know how jack plays are. with a lot of games on the schedule so i think that's going to be in his favor, and forward. I think
0: regardless of morazic playing tonight, I think the team winning is always good for him. He just he feeds mm-hmm. off the energy, uh and you know losing games back to back, even if morazic was in net and they'd lost, I think he'd feel it the same way. So,
2: well, uh Campbell did have one save tonight. It went straight in his glove on the bench. Oh my god! Did you guys nice. see
0: that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Actually, that was good. What about that one? um so another one i want to ask you about do you like to see emotion from mr jt when and i'm talking not talking about jt miller now that we've brought that name up a bunch uh john Tavares, who is normally a robot um do you like to see the emotion when from when from, wow i cannot talk tonight do you like to see emotion when he's struggling <laughs> when he's frustrated or do you want him to just be cool calm collected and show nothing
1: I, I do personally. I, I want to see it. Like, um, take because, especially with someone like Tavares, because he's able to channel it and not let it get too extreme. Like, think back to the what was it, the 2010 playoffs with the Blackhawks. I'll never forget the scene when T- or Taves took a penalty, was in the penalty box, and he was livid screaming at the ref. Seabrook skated over, opened the box, basically slapped his helmet and said, calm down, right? Like, <laughs> And, and, and that's from a Captain Sirius. So he took it a little too far. Like, I, I loved the last game because you could see Tavares was pissed. He was getting chances. Oh, yeah. Just nothing was working. And I, I would rather see that than see the complete robot and nothing from him.
0: Yeah, because you want him to care. And I think exactly. the thing that everybody takes the wrong way with him is, is him... Being the way that he is and equating that to not caring about hockey, which is never the case with him. I think he cares more about hockey than 99% of the players on the ice. He's like Spezza. He's a hockey nerd. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't want to see him as a robot either, obviously. I think this guy is the definition of a professional. Uh, He clearly has the strongest emotional intelligence out there just from the shit he's dealt with, with the Islanders coming to the Leafs and now wearing the C as the Leafs captain. Um, He kind of has to hold that robotic stance in a way because he's facing the media, the Toronto media, no other. But... I think we do see the emotion though and slamming that stick on the ice and you, you're reading his face all day long and we, I would like to see a little more, but I'm glad like you said, Bean, he's not pulling a Taves in the bench because you remember that and you clearly have remembered mm-hmm. that 12 years later and in my mind, I'm remembering the Tavares that is, does great interviews and like all of the positive things that come with that and addressing the media and like speaking out of against issues and like the good things so yeah
1: and I, I you also don't want him to be the robot from that picture that's floating around social media of the puck going into the Leafs bench and the entire team is flinching and ducking including the coaches as far as just sitting there staring straight out of the ice not
0: moving because he's thinking about that that's the thing he's just so in the zone he's not watching that he's thinking about what he's doing next shift he's playing out his next yep. shift in his head Absolutely. Giroux did
2: that the other night on the ice uh in their pre in their warmups. he was just dazed in the zone until a puck almost hit him in the head or something he's like oh I yeah i'm here that. i'm playing a hockey game now
0: <laughs> did you see that one uh, bean i i didn't see just, that one no. yeah flyers are warming up and claude Giroux is like standing there just staring off into the crowd like just zoned out and all like, of a sudden the puck comes to him and he like trips over his own skate. And like, it looks like he just woke up from a daydream and he's like, oh shit. Right. I'm in, a, I'm playing hockey. It
2: was right. like the ginger Nick Ritchie.
0: So funny. Uh, okay. So Muzzin goes on LTAR. We knew that. But uh, by the way, yes, shout out, sorry, shout out to Brandon Pridham.
1: So when all the moves were done. You know how close they were to the cap before they put him on LTIR?
0: Yes.
2: How
1: close? $899 from the cap. <laughs> 899
0: Man. Man who wrote that... the salary cap.
1: He, like,
2: he's a wizard. What? Tell us, Bean, what happened?
0: He's Cause... he's like the best accountant, hence why the league hired him to help them figure out the salary cap. <laughs> and the <leaks> went, Yoink.
1: <laughs> a lot of so, moves like how for, is for that anyone even that fair right for for anyone that doesn't know um the well, the way lo- long term injured reserve works is any contract that's placed on LTIR you can then exceed the salary cap by that amount but you get that you get that contract past the cap less any space you had when it was put on LTIR so <laughs> there was a bunch of juggling that happened They sent Sandine down instead of Lilligren because Lilligren has performance bonuses. So with the performance bonuses in Lilligren's contract, yeah, it it would have changed. It would have reduced the amount of LTIR. So they sent Sandine down and they called up Manel and they called up Rubens from the Marlies, which with those contracts, it got them to less than $900 from the salary cap max.
0: So... Meaning they get Muzzin's 5.625 minus $900. Yes. That's insane. Brandon Pridham, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Yay. He's a
1: wizard.
0: Sorry. I just, I I, I couldn't believe how close they got. None of my sound buttons are working. I tried to hit a hooray yay for him.
1: None of my (laughs) sounds are working. This
0: is so frustrating. We're
2: going to write a letter to Riverside. Um, because
0: Michael Bunting gets fined $2,000 for embellishment.
1: Yeah, this is um this is peros hating the Leafs again.
0: No kidding. Like what?
2: The play looked like he fell down. I like I knew it was coming because everyone has been talking about how bunting is such a embellisher or however you want to put it on the ice. Um saw it still coming penalties
0: tonight. I They're still that's... calling them for him.
2: I know, but the one he did get called or get fined for, I did not see that one coming. Like, that was no. just random. So I'm just surprised. I'm glad he played tonight and that it was just a warning type fine. But, yeah.
0: that's just, It's just stupid. Um, yeah, versus the con- Pens,
2: too. Like, that was how long ago now?
0: Congrats to Zdeno Chara, who just set the record for games played by a defenseman.
2: Yes. Wow
0: awesome achievement like he's been here forever um <laughs> speaking of suspensions he though he has <laughs> yeah. uh, no suspension for mr mckinnon for slashing a ref for not getting a call on a face-off i don't care what the league says you can watch the video that is what happened
2: apparently they did watch the video and that mckinnon was going after thomas nosek no sec. instead like are they yeah, blind that's, or that's
0: why his eyes are locked on the ref and he's yeah yell- oh, i just i can't believe the ref was just like what did they do put a gun to his head and say like nate mckinnon was going for the player and he's like nate mckinnon was going for a player like great this is done you can go now yeah i as much as you don't want to
1: say it you don't want that basically you're accusing the league of almost tampering right or favoritism but if that was anyone other than mckinnon yeah if that was anyone other than mckinnon crosby or mcdavid it's probably called if that was ovechkin that's probably called oh yeah for sure
0: yeah
1: like it's it it doesn't really affect the leafs it doesn't affect us but at the same point that that's got to be
0: called it is and i mean At the same time, there was a a minor league. I forget which league it was. I saw where a player was getting uh, a penalty and he just turned and punched the ref in the face and he was suspended indefinitely, like just banned from the league for life. So the difference in how they handled that, I mean, I get it blatantly punching a ref in the face is a little different, but I'm sorry, McKinnon very clearly slashed a ref because he didn't get a call and they just Mm -hmm. went, let's not open this can of worms.
1: Like and, and Antoine Fermat got 10 games for what 2016 2017 somewhere in there yeah
0: by the rules it's an automatic 10 game suspension if you go mm-hmm. to ref minimum so I, wow yeah so the fact that they let him get away with this is insane
1: oh I just saw a tweet Kadri's been suspended for that slash on the ref <laughs> <laughs> sorry hat to 20 games
2: rest of the th- season <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: my ring light fell <laughs> I was laughing too hard. My light fell. I don't know what happened
2: Beer with jokes tonight. (laughs) Yeah, man. This
0: isn't good.
1: Darty calling me out for it. I got to keep it up, right?
2: Yeah. (laughs) But I did not see the bunting fine come. Like, if we're talking about McKinnon now, I seriously thought it was any second that we would see... Some sort of punishment compared to bunting, where it wasn't wasn't even a penalty on the play. Like I don't even no, know. I don't think that. so. Yeah, well, there must so. have been
0: if it was embellishment, but well, d- there doesn't have to be.
2: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like they went back and reviewed that. Like that's so
0: weird. Okay. yeah, I guess they could say he was trying to get a call. Yeah, but if they both went down, like what call would he have gotten? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. So um, I
1: I also want to say sorry in our our group chat, Sarah. The Australian was um, questioning about Labushkin with the number change. I've, I've been trying to do some digging. I haven't been able to find another leaf that has done it yet. But I, in the digging, I did find a stat that I still, I can't believe I forgot.
0: Did by the you way, the question that, was which leaf has oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> worn a number for only one game because Labushkin wore number 26 for one game and now he's 46. That was the mm. question, by the way. So, yeah, my bad. Horrible podcasting. Um,
1: <laughs> back when we traded for Pavel Kubina, love when him. he when he came to the team, he wore thirteen with Tampa. Well, Sundin was with the Leafs. You're not going to wear thirteen. So when he got there, he was wearing seventy three.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: if you look Close. at it funny, it looks like thirteen. And then he changed to thirty one. Nice. And then he changed to 77. Oh. In his three years with the Leafs, he did not wear a number for more than one season. That's so weird. Wow. That's interesting. And I remember. I remember him as number 77, which is weird. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. To me, he's 73 because it was such an oddball number. Um, It's all the threes before that. I, I just, I don't. I, I, I'm so annoyed at myself that I couldn't find it. I actually downloaded the current version of the NHL rulebook and spent about 45 minutes trying to flip through <laughs> it and find it, and I couldn't find it. Yes, this is <laughs> going to drive me insane. Um, if, if I'm not mistaken, there's actually an NHL rule somewhere, in a rulebook somewhere, that once a player's number is set, they cannot change it mid-season unless certain extenuating circumstances happen. And Labushkin would actually fall under that because when he joined the team after a trade, he was on the road. So he was just given a number. Right. And when when your first home game with the team is when you're supposed to, like Mm -hmm. if you're not there for training camp, obviously is when you're supposed to set, okay, this is the number I want.
0: Interesting.
1: Like after a trade or something like that, it'll be different. So there's been a couple instances where someone will come in And then a player on the team will give up that number for the player coming in, right?
2: Yeah, like Marlowe. Didn't that happen when he came on to the Leafs, and someone Mm -hmm. had to give up the number? And maybe Thornton. Yeah, Connor Brown gave
1: up number twelve. Thornton just took ninety-seven when he came because Spezza was already here. But yeah,
2: yeah. And I just keep thinking of William Nylander because I had to take a jersey in to get the number changed because this guy decided to change his number randomly. I'm so glad that he paid for it
1: but... you and Brendan Shanahan both
2: <laughs> yes I remember that tweet and all the jerseys around his son's room and he's like I'm so glad this is not out of my pocket tonight
0: <laughs> 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 but... I, uh, I actually like it because I've got the, uh, the little action figure thing of him that's the number 29 so it just kind of signifies what year it's from it's Yeah, cool.
1: he's worn a couple numbers too if I remember correctly I think he's worn so 62 39 29 and 88 wow really early
2: early on preseason type games mm-hmm. i believe because he speaking had 29 of, for a while too
0: speaking of pavel Cabina, though he was also on that 04 lightning roster how long till the habs hire him <laughs> he's not french fair
2: there you go he doesn't meet the requirements
0: that's why yep. they didn't get brad richards poor guy absolutely he's a new yeah um <laughs> So, um, did anybody hear that the Calgary Flames are on a 10 game winning streak? Yeah, see, nobody, yeah, cares. I don't think so. Yeah, nobody, nobody cares. cares. Okay.
2: No one cares.
0: Moving on, um, <laughs> I do we did have that one scene point with of- Dennis from Jurassic Park. <laughs> That's but what I, I put that picture in our little chat.
2: <laughs> I know no one cares because it's the Flames. But tonight, some records can be broken. Uh, right now, Elias Lindholm is tying the franchise record for consecutive uh, goals in eight games. Um, it's tied with Gary Roberts from 92-93 and Kent Nielsen from 83-84. But tonight, he can become the second player in NHL history to score nine sh- in nine straight games. And his team winning each game. And the first was Mario Lemieux with the 11 straight game winning streak during the Pens' 17 game winning streak in total in 92 and 93. Sorry, that was Holy mouthful. Holy yeah.
1: Speaking of the Flames, sorry, they're
0: losing one nothing. By the way,
1: yes, and no. that game is so visually appealing because <laughs> the Flames are wearing their white jerseys. Oh, that is the retro throwback, and the Canucks are wearing the flying skate jerseys from the early 90s.
2: Wow, nice.
1: It right. looks so nice. And Demko has throwback gear to Kirk, captain Kirk McLean it, Oh, oh It's just, it, it makes me happy.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. I have it on the TV in the background right now. <laughs> no worries. Oh, um, I don't want to end on this. We got to have something else to talk about, but um, I have a list day in hockey history then if you want. Great. So um, unfortunate news from Kyle Dubas, uh, Rodion Amirov, is um has unfortunately been diagnosed with a brain tumor uh he's what 21 i um i just i can't imagine how scary that must be for him um he's getting treatment over in germany from what i've heard so just Mm -hmm. wish him the best and uh, speedy uh recovery and just yeah hope everything's okay with him that's that's not something you want at that age or at any age but man that's scary reminds me of one who was it ali mata had uh was diagnosed with cancer at like 21 when he first joined with the penguins and was on he, a roll even, so even kessel was when he was with the bruins right Ke- yeah, yeah he had testicular too. cancer yeah so i mean we it, we've seen it before and it's always scary but um i mean never a brain tumor that's mm-hmm. uh yeah scary so
1: hoping, and hoping i know I know I have I'm I've seen tons and tons of messages, but his agent um at hockey agent one, Dan Milstein Hockey on Twitter. Um he's actually put out Dan Milstein's an e- his agent. Yeah. He's actually put out um a tweet with an email address that you can email him a message if you wanna Aww. you know, send him well wishes or that and he's he's getting his treatments and he's still working out and skating so uh, you know everything's looking like it's going in the right direction that's good but yeah definitely some some scary stuff and makes you think really really what matters right now right
0: yeah a lot of things putting that in perspective eh Mm -hmm.
2: yeah all we can hope for is uh, health and prosperity and just to live a wonderful and free life here in canada we are so grateful to be in this awesome country and yeah all the best for this prospect we are so looking forward to him coming up in the near future and it's it's a disappointing thing to hear nowadays but all the best and i wish him a speedy speedy recovery
0: yeah and um with that this day in hockey history with beaner let's get fun to finish this off
1: yeah, so I mentioned his name earlier comparing Matthew shot to him. On this day in 2002, Joe Sackick and Joe McGinley each score twice as Canada defeats the United States 5-2 to win the gold medal at Salt Lake City.
2: Nice. Ooh,
1: maybe.
0: That's fun.
2: Very nice.
0: Good one. Oh, um... Sean Avery? <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. The...
1: It, I could see this being some sort of publicity stunt by the
0: ECHL, and I friggin' love it. This is—it has, like, Danbury Trashers' Netflix series written all over it. Like, they're, they're just trying to drum up some fun for it. I mean, they showed with that series that people will care about non-NHL hockey as long as it's just got some interesting, exciting things. It's like NASCAR. If you get some cars to crash and burn, anybody will watch it. Yeah, yeah. And the the fact that
1: you have Avery trying to make a comeback and publicly right away, Matt Barnaby's on Twitter saying someone in the division signed me because he wants to fight him. And then just
0: before we started, I saw that George LaRock wants back as well. Yep. And the uh, Florida Everblades said that they're playing against the Orlando Solar Bears March 12th if he wants Mm -hmm. to uh, sign a one day contract. So we might actually see George LaRock take the ice to fight Sean Avery in uh, 2022 <laughs> that, there's that a pandemic just sounds... a war in europe and sean avery and george larock fighting on the ice what the <laughs> fuck is 2022
1: what is
2: going a- on right now
0: avery's coming
1: back for his sloppy seconds
2: <laughs> man i do think it's a publicity stunt <laughs> just like you said beat because the florida everblades They've been very active with their Twitter, right? And talking with these guys and just kind of keeping up with the NHL in this aspect. So we'll see. Dream come true for many.
0: Yeah, we're we're being bad podcasters again. If anybody didn't see this news, Sean Avery, former uh, NHLer, he has not played in 10 years. He was uh, infamous for his on ice and off ice actions. Um, famous for a quote about other players going after his sloppy seconds in reference to Alicia Cuthbert and somebody else, um, Dion Phaneuf. Well, yeah, Dion Phaneuf and Alicia. And then there was another girl that was with another player on the team. One of his exes. Anyway, he's not liked by many, um, retired at 32. He's been on a couple podcasts. Um, yeah, I saw Danny Heatley a post on Twitter. I don't fucking care that Sean Avery's playing. Stop tagging me. In it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny yeah so um i don't know like like beiner said it's kind of a publicity thing uh kind of a where what else is he gonna do right
1: yes it's, it's yeah it's, it's like a slap shot thing make brings me back to the nickname i gave my beer league captain from the the captain and coach from slap the movie slap shot reggie like it's <laughs> it, it, it's entertaining it's gonna get people to watch yeah
0: yeah
2: for sure. I mean,
0: especially in a gate driven league like the ECHL, like people are going to want to go watch that fight in person. It's Florida. The hell else are you going to do?
2: Barnaby, who's 48 years old, wants to come back just to fight this guy for one night. So, yeah, why not? I know. I heard that he's been trying to do like a charitable boxing match between him and Avery. I don't know if this is true or not, like from years past, but uh, yeah, I don't know if they know the game has changed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah barney barney boxing. used to yeah yeah barnaby no gloves, used to be on skates in a ice rink s- in yeah. speedos uh no
1: thanks um <laughs> <laughs> barnaby used to be on sirius xm and he he didn't he didn't hold back whenever he was talking about someone like avery so that
0: that would definitely be an interesting tilt
2: i yeah. feel like
0: i'm gonna be watching an echl game in the coming days Right? Avery
2: did not hold back on split and chiclets either. So definitely look up those clips of him responding to these types of questions too. And he gets all rattled up and saying he's going to beat him up in his driveway. So. Oh
1: my God. Also quick, quick Jersey number quiz for the yeah. Yeah. What was the last number to have not been worn by a player in the NHL? The very last number. To have been worn, they've all been worn now from double zero right up to 99. Oh, so which one wasn't taken until a certain one? Mm-hmm. It's happened since the lockout.
2: I feel like I've heard this, but it did not stick in my head. Uh, it's like the a number.
0: random number that's ugly.
2: Give me the we had is, we had
0: one on the leafs,
2: had keyword 12. Mm-hmm. No, it can't be 12. What am I saying? No.
0: Um eleven? No, come on now. Oh, and Nolan wore it quite. Right, back Nolan away, right? was eleven. Um one? since the lockout. No. No, the, the goalies are always one. Double zero. What about <laughs> I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna say like something high like ninety three. It's it's lower gonna. than that. It's okay. it's <laughs> Fucking, okay, then just me tell me. The... I'm just
2: <laughs> Which, uh, um... make an
1: ass of myself guessing oh, obvious. Wait, numbers. wait, Steph, Steph isn't done yet. Steph isn't done yet.
2: Uh, is it like above or below 50? Above. Above or below.
1: Oh my god.
0: 65. <laughs> just guess a number. It's okay. probably Osha Ganon's number above. or something.
2: It's probably, um, 78.
0: 84.
1: Oh. Who was that? Um, uh, well, Grabowski wore it for the Leafs. And then uh, I believe it was Laton Dress wore it for the Habs, was the first one. Laton Dressing. Wow.
2: Nice. Oh,
0: fun. Hmm.
2: 84. <laughs> what a shit number. No, <laughs>
0: Right. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So um, our that, next. That's a whole other like... rabbit hole with numbers. <laughs> There's so many. Well, that's, 98 the first has only been worn thinking, like once. What's your number The first thing I was thinking being? When, they, when they changed Labushkin was that they were getting somebody who was number 26, and that's why mm-hmm. they had to do mm-hmm. that. So I was like, who's number 26? Jeff Petrie's number 26.
1: <laughs> yeah, you almost made me throw up.
2: What's your jersey what number, number you? being?
1: Uh, started out as number 25, and then with my son being born in 2016, I switched it over to 16. Nice.
2: Ooh.
0: So What's depending if I'm in that or not.
2: Oh, Nice. How about you, Johnny? What's your fave number or your go-to?
0: 13, always. It's my birthday and my dad's birthday.
2: Nice. Lucky number 13.
0: You bet. Sundin, baby. Makes sense. Yeah, it was fun. Um, so next episode will what be- What about you, Steph? Oh, yeah. Sorry.
2: Uh, I got to go with the oddball <laughs> odd number. Also my birthday, 27.
0: You can tell the ADs like- Frank at the Hoblish. We're over time.
2: <laughs> Sorry.
0: Um, next episode Saturday against the Red Wings at 7.30 so we'll be about a half hour later getting things posted but we will be welcoming welcoming a friend of the show their first time on I can finally say Luke Man Lucas will be joining us from Australia who finally got his jersey thanks Steph for sending that out Um, just bringing all the Aussies on because it's cool to talk to people that are outside of Canada that are for some reason subjecting themselves to the horrors that we do here in Ontario (laughs) so uh, excited to bring luke on he's he's been the day one uh i know a lot of people have been listening since the beginning but he was the first that like reached out and was sending us questions all the time and actively sending us feedback with the show and things so friend of the show and day one so excited to have him on finally
2: Yee, me too but yeah detroit on saturday so hope to get another two points uh we only have three so far this week out of a four game week so
0: score prediction. I'm saying um, Leafs up 5-4. Detroit pulls the goalie 6-4 final.
2: Good one. Uh, hmm. Campbell should be a net and I think he's gonna be not Swiss cheese. He's gonna have good soup this time.
0: Wait, didn't you say it was gonna be 3-1 tonight if Mrazik was in net? Isn't that like word for word what you said?
1: Nah, that wasn't tonight, no. What? Uh... No, no, that wasn't okay. tonight. That was, a, that was a handful of episodes ago from a different game, I believe.
0: Okay. Oh. So, sorry, Steph.
2: No worries. I'm going to say 5-2. Five, 5-2? Two.
0: Five, two, okay. For the Leafs or? For the Leafs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah come on. I, I don't know. You can predict that they're going to lose. I wouldn't blame you.
2: No.
1: So he's on fire. He mm. regained the scoring lead. And he's going for 50. Matthews loves playing against the Red Wings. He seems to score in bunches against them. He's gonna get another two. Tavares is gonna break the slide. And we're gonna get a, a Russian bear
0: goal.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, thanks. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say this guy's looking like he could total equal his entire goal total for his career from now till the end of the season. You remember
1: when we picked our when we were young teams? Yeah. You know who one of Labushkin's idols was growing up? The obscure Russian defenseman I picked that you guys had to Google. Wow. Oh. Dmitry Yuskevich. Amazing. Nice.
0: And that's what we want an obscure Russian defenseman. Absolutely. Leafs 4 1 on Saturday. Okay. Yay. Love it. All right. So uh, you're welcome for a late one and a long one after two sub hour episodes for the back to back, but uh, we'll be back Saturday. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to. Uh, rate us five stars follow us on twitter and all those things and i'll add the uh the outro and post good night everybody stay safe ciao good night
1: Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night. your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. <laughs>